Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the local podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Greensburg Video. That's my video and photography company located right here on Main Street in Greensburg. If you and your company are up for some fresh ideas and some engaging content, look no further than Greensburg Video. Speaking of advertising, you can do that for your business right here on the local podcast. If you're interested in that, hit me up at thelocal724.com. But enough of this palaver. Let's get the show on the road. Welcome to the Local 724 Podcast in 3, 2, All right. Welcome back to the Local Podcast. Jordan Ryan hanging out with you. Um, how you doing, Ryan? I'm doing real well. How you doing? Doing all right. Um, we're going to tackle this episode by ourselves. It's been one that we want to do for a long time. Um, so originally, uh, Sarah put out a post that said, uh, you know, we wanted some topics and the gang over at Gino's Pizza in Latrobe actually sent us this one. And it was uh, to talk about like the labor shortage in the U.S. And uh so we've kind of hinted around at the fact that we're going to be doing this and uh, talking about this one, but uh, we're doing it today. So it might not be what everybody wants to hear, um, it, but it's kind of like what I've thought about for the last couple of weeks. And uh, my wife sees this totally different. I don't know, Ryan. No, we're going to get spicy with this. I think yeah. we're going to attack uh, some, get some people heated a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, like, do you know anybody that is on the opposite side of the fence from you that has a different perspective of this? Well, okay, so let me, let me start by saying... Uh, I have my own view, but I'm will I'm able to see both sides of this. Right. So if anybody comes to me and says, I don't agree with you or, or whatever, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah. I understand where they're coming from. I might not, I might not agree, but I understand where they're coming from. Um, and I know people who have taken the opportunity that have been available to them in many different forms of, uh, free money or, or whatever the situation might be, they just take advantage of that. Yeah. And again, here I am, I can say, maybe I don't agree with that, but I understand why you would do that. I'm a, I'm a human being. I can see, Oh, yeah. this is obviously a benefit. Why, why wouldn't you do this? So yeah, I know, I definitely know people who, uh, who disagree with me. Um, and I hope they listen. I hope yeah. they're listening right now. It'll be, uh, I think it'll be fun. Cause like, I mean, it comes from a unique perspective and it's the one thing that COVID really taught me over this whole entire like pandemic is the fact that like it affects everybody differently. So take that a step further. I think that I'm starting to apply that theory to just about everything. Like things just hit people differently. So like, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, say, I'm just going to go from my own experience. Uh, the 13th was a Friday. That's kind of the day the world stopped. Friday the 13th. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How fucking telling is that? <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, we get to through the weekend and uh, that was like St. Patty's Day weekend. And uh, it was kind of weird. There were people that were going out. There were people that kind of weren't going out. It was a weird thing. Jess and I did go out because we didn't know like how serious this was or what, what the hell was going on. Um, and then come Monday and like Tuesday, uh, that would be 16 and 17. 
that is when I started getting phone calls from every single client that I had that yep. was like, yeah, we're going to cancel the video. We're going to cancel this video. We're canceling this shoot. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? Like, so financially everything stopped for me, like completely stopped. Yeah. And I was like banking on money coming in. Uh, you know, we were doing some projects at the house and stuff and I'm like, I like did one of those things where I was like, ah, shit, I have a bunch of money coming in next month, so I'm just going to spend this. Well, that fucks me huge. <laughs> and luckily, uh, I had a client that called and uh, whether they actually needed it or not, uh, they did it for me. Um, they had me convert a lot of the web videos that we've done together into TV commercials. Hey, okay. So they just called me out of the blue and they were like, Hey, we know that it's probably rough and blah, blah, blah. And they were super nice about it. So they like kept me working. Then, uh, fast forward, you know, a couple weeks, I'm done with that paid for that. Everything's great, but I'm still like not making like, there's still like no right. money coming in. Like I'm not seeing it. And so of course I had to sign up for unemployment. And, uh, then that whole like gig worker thing came out where you're like, you know, are you a freelancer? Do you own your own business? Blah, 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 all this stuff. So I jumped in on that, but then didn't receive any money for like uh, 10, 11 weeks. Oh really? So, so like, so talk about that a little bit. <laughs> what, what was that time of not receiving any money? Are you just sitting there it like, was nuts. anxious the whole time? I mean, like luckily I had like money in my savings and my business account that I just lived off of. Yeah. Um, but it was money that I didn't want to spend. Like I obviously wanted to like keep that for equipment or, you know, to get an office and stuff, which I eventually did. But it was just like, it was nuts. It was like every time I went to the grocery store or something or ordered groceries, I just was like, oh my God, I don't know if I should spend my business money on groceries right now, but I had to. So it was like really crazy. And then what ended up happening was I just like, I finally got some unemployment money and I was just like, okay, cool. So I replenished basically everything that I'd spent. And then I was like, this is like insane. So like I went into this weird like recession where I didn't want to spend any money. But then, um, after that, uh, jobs started like coming back in and it was just like editing gigs and stuff like that, like from home. So got off the unemployment, went back to work and then things started getting better. Cause everybody was just like, we have to pivot. We are working from home. This is how we're going to do it from here. on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and it's interesting you say that. And from the perspective of being a business owner, because kind of to get this thing kicked off, I'd like to talk about it from more of a 30,000 feet yeah. angle. I just want to put an outline of how this kind of all happened from my little perspective here. Yeah. So, um, when, when that happened, when all of a sudden things closed down and everything talking from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. all businesses just stopped getting money, stopped uh, increasing the revenue or even maintaining the revenue like you're talking right, about yeah. right now. Okay. So obviously businesses have to do something about that. And usually the first thing they do is they start laying off employees. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. So they would say, Hey, do you want to voluntarily take a layoff? Or if not, we'll involuntarily make you lay off, right. whatever. So that's what happened. So all of a sudden you saw this mass exodus of employees who just said, Hey, you know, if I, if I'm going to have all this money that I can 
make and not work, by that coming from, you know, benefits um, coming in, yes, I'm going to take that. So yeah. we saw this large group leave the workforce all at once. Mm -hmm. Then, so, and that works, you know, businesses can kind of maintain at that point. At the direction of their employer, exactly. mind you. <laughs> exactly. Now, what we have, you know, almost two years later is the opposite is now businesses are trying to reopen or have continuously tried to reopen, trying to hire people back. Yeah. When, when people have become so accustomed to not having a job anymore or living maybe on a smaller amount of income or whatever it might be. So right. it was this, this large group of people leaving and then making the decision for themselves or their family or whatever. Do I need to go back to work? Can I mm -hmm. live off of less? Um, do I, you know, or I'm looking for a particular job and I can't seem to find that job. So I'll just kind of sit around and wait. Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I watched that happen. Um, my wife's perspective is totally different than mine. Uh, like I said, um, she is, she's a director of HR. So she does the hiring, uh, the business that she works at and same deal. Like they had, you know, they went to employees and said like, Hey, you know, we're going to have to lay you off or whatever or whatever. And they, uh, they started to receive benefits and stuff. And so like, so I saw that my wife never got to do that. Um, she's pretty high up in the company. So she was, that was like her, uh, she had to go. It, she never got like a day off, uh, throughout this whole thing. Um, so I think that the reason that our opinions are so different is because she, didn't take a day off. It was like normal for her. She just kept going to work every morning, coming back at the same time where the rest of the world was, you know, not the rest of the world, but like, you know, my side of things, it was just like sitting around, not doing much. And it was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go work outside or something or yeah. like start doing projects around the house, like paint something or like whatever, you know? And people got used to that. I think you're like a hundred percent right. People were just like, they found that they could work from home. And that's a big thing that companies really, I, I truly think that companies do not want you to know that you can work from home and be effective. Right. Because they want to keep an eye on everything that you're doing and make exactly. sure that they're getting the, that return on investment. We, we had mentioned that before. Um, and I, and I also want to mention that, that there's a lot of parents, um, specifically moms that I've talked to in the past, we'll, we'll say parents who, you know, we're also dealing with a situation where their kids might not go back to school or right, might yeah. not go to daycare. So they said, well, I need to be home in case my kid can't go. And so they're thinking, why, you know, why keep going back to work or calling off sick or all these things? I'm just going to stay home and support my kid through all this. Yeah. So I saw that as well. And, um, that was a really, really difficult time. I know for parents to mm -hmm. navigate just keeping their kids safe. <laughs> it was, man, it was nuts. Like, so, uh, I have two step kids to Jesse and, uh, we went through that whole thing. It was like, I was working from home. The kids were doing school from home, but she still had to go to work. So I'm upstairs trying to like drum up business or do whatever I can do, you know, with, uh, the resources that I had at the time. And, then I have like kids that like, you know, want to do their, all their, their work at nighttime. So they would sleep until whatever time they wanted, get up and play video games. And then it was like, we'll do homework later when your mom's home and I'm not trying to like work. So then it was just like, 
it was just weeks off. It was a vacation. Right. Like they were running around the house, fighting, screaming at each other. They'd come upstairs and be like, this one hit me in the head with the whatever. And I'm just like, I can't work like this. That is mainly the reason I went and got my office. Yeah, right. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't work here anymore. I have to go somewhere too. Um, and it was like, it was really hard. So that definitely for parents and stuff. Uh, I mean, we relied on Jesse's sister a lot. She luckily works remotely and she, she has for a long time, like even before the pandemic. And so she comes over and uses like our internet and things like that to work and do everything. And she has a flexible schedule enough to, you know, kind of maintain like the kids too. And just like, if they're being loud or whatever, she can just be like, yo, they, they listen to her. And then, uh, you know, she goes back to work, but, um, dude, crazy. I mean, like, did you, did you work through the pandemic? Yeah. So I was teaching a, um, a couple of classes at a local college and I remember getting an email that said, and this was a shock because, you know, you're just used to teaching in person. All of a sudden it was, Hey, as of today, all classes are online. And, um, if you teach at, you know, at any level, you kind of plan out your whole year or your whole semester, I guess you should say, mm -hmm. you definitely don't plan a sudden change in the middle of the semester. Right. And, uh, that's what happened. And so it was, it was very much like you described with, with your kids. Only I had a bunch of students now who just, nobody knew what was going on. Right. It was kind of a free for all, uh, due dates didn't apply. And it was just like, Hey, whenever we can all get together <laughs> on, on zoom, right. um, you know, and all of a sudden zoom stock rose, like, you never, zoom. I didn't even know what zoom was, but neither did I. I before wish I did. The, yeah. I'll, t I'll tell you what, who's behind the pandemic. It's zoom probably. <laughs> right. Probably. <laughs> There's Shit. Um, I have a, a friend who worked at a university in Ohio. Mm. And if he's listening, he knows who this is. He, so he's working at this university and it's a smaller university. It's not really doing well financially. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and the university itself shut down and closed the whole university closed. Wow. So all employees lost their jobs. All students were just disenrolled. And so he's from, around here. And he was, he was in a, in Ohio at this university. And so he comes home and he says to himself all this time, he's like, why am I, if, if they're going to lay me off and then through that you get unemployment benefits and all this type of stuff, he just sat on that for two years. Yeah. Um, and, and said, you know, Hey, as long as this keeps re-upping and it seemed like month after month after month, Hey, we're going to extend it. We're going to extend it. We're going to extend it. He said to himself, he said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep collecting this over and over again. Right. Yeah. Um, which I get, I, I get, I get that. Uh, but at the same time I was constantly urging him like, Hey, here's a job you'd be good for. Here's a job you'd be good. You know, yeah. and he would just kind of throw it to the wayside and now nah, I'm not really interested in that. I'm just yeah. going to do nothing and collect these benefits. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that did. And I honestly, I mean, you work your ass off from the time you're like, what, 16 years old and you pay into it. You pay into right. unemployment. Every single paycheck you get a percentage of that goes to unemployment. Well, time to collect it back. I mean, like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. We went through a pandemic. This is something that's like, and nobody knew was going to happen. I mean, like, this was actually a humongous event that took place in our lifetime that, like, you would never think would have happened. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's such a weird thing. And I think there's other reasons, too. Like, so you've got people that definitely are collecting and, you know, they're just like, you know what? 
if they're giving it to me, I'm going to take it, which in my opinion is completely fine. Um, <laughs> there are, I think a few other things and, you know, I just compiled a list and I just kind of wanted to go through a couple of them. Yeah. But, so the first one I said was like people retiring early. Yeah. Um, think about it. Yeah. Uh, say you're like 62 or 63 and you want to retire at 65 and 2020 hits and you know, you're a couple years away from it. We sat in our living rooms for a year and a half. Right. Like at that point, who wants to go back to work? Yeah. Like any retirement and then you got to go back. Right. I mean like, dude, you've got like what a year and a half of work left in your life. Um, you know, and, and those companies that were urging people to like furlough or something like that were also offering early retirement. They were right. just like, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. They were just saying, Hey, do you, if you guys want to retire right now, we'll yeah. offer you the full benefit. Yeah. My, my uncle, um, actually retired somewhat early mm -hmm. and before I think the mindset is a total change in mindset. The mindset before was, well, I'm just going to wait till I'm 65 to make sure I collect all, you know, yeah. the, the full amount that I can. But now what you have is now what he did was he started figuring, even if I don't collect the full amount, I can still make this, you know, people are starting to do the mathematical equations here to see, can I actually do this if I, if I retire right now, right. which probably wasn't their mindset before. But like you said, now people are sitting around doing nothing. Maybe they're venturing into something else, have a hobby, have a new business. They want to start whatever it might be. Now it's, it's that whole mindset of maybe I can make this work. I don't necessarily have to wait for the sure thing at 65 right, yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's the classic, like, um, who, who was it? I think it was Elon Musk put out a thing years and years and years ago that said like, why do you need, or no, no, no. It was Gary V. Gary V. Gary put v. out this, and he was just like, you know, blasting this guy saying like, look, dude, why do you need to drive an $85,000 Mercedes? Yeah. Like, do you need that? Is that what you need to get from point A to point B? Or right. is that something that you want? And it was, it was something that the guy wanted. He said easily, you could have went out and bought like, you know, a 20, $20,000 Toyota Tracel <laughs> and, you know, still commuted from point A to point B right. and saved a shitload of money. So, you know, I think like people probably felt the same way and just thought like, you know what, maybe we don't need, uh, you know, our condo in Colorado, right. maybe we can just, you know, sell that and live a little more, uh, you know, low key things like that. And, and even just down to little things like, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> you don't have to exactly, you know, go buy the expensive things. Maybe you can settle yeah. for other things. And, and, and I think people realize the most valuable thing is, is being at home or being in that family oh, time yeah. when that wasn't really an opportunity before, or maybe not something that people thought about before, but yeah. So you talk about your condo in, in Colorado or whatever that has a price right on top of the, you know, the price of buying it, but you have to continue to work to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the farther you go in life, the more things you can get, but you still have to maintain that level of income or status or whatever it might be. Oh yeah. And now what we're seeing is, well, if I take a step back and I become more of a minimalist and kind of offload a lot of this stuff, I can just be, I don't need all these different things. I right. can just be more secure in where I'm at right now, who I'm with, uh, you know, the people that matter around me, that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, especially once you get towards that retirement age, I think that's definitely something that you start to realize and take seriously for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, and then I think like, you know, 
along with the retirement thing and that coupled with like a pandemic, I think a lot of people realized like their mortality and we're just like, um, I don't have like the rest of, I don't have forever to just like do the things that I want to do or spend time with my family. Like, I mean, this is a, this is a plot in every show, every movie, every everything. There's always the one kid whose dad can't make it to the baseball games right. or can't uh, visit their kid because they're always traveling for work or blah 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 and all that stuff. And people like, I mean, that's a real thing. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there's people out there that you know are lawyers, high powered lawyers for like big corporate entities in in new york and la and things who's like they definitely don't see their kids like every day there's yeah. no way yeah the the shark tank guy i think i think it was kevin o'leary or it was one of those guys mm-hmm. um did an interview on that and he said the price of being extremely successful and rich is you don't get to see your kids you don't get to go home yeah so you know the world is looking at these individuals and saying wow like in awe, you know, praising them for yeah. this accomplishment that they of becoming a billionaire, or owning all these companies and things like that. When there's individuals at home, I'm sure who are probably like, yeah, but this is at the expense of right. you being with us. I mean, and there was a long time ago, uh, you know, when I was in, when I was working for American Eagle and there were a lot of things wrong for me and that job. Like we just butted heads a lot. It was the management style. I mean, it was very just like meticulous and very like, you know, you do what we tell you to do type of thing. We had to be at meetings all the time. Uh, it was things that I, as an art minded person felt were completely pointless and I couldn't help, but share my thoughts. Uh, every (laughs) chance I got, I was just like, do I need to be at this meeting while you guys talk about numbers? Like, I don't fucking care about those numbers. I'm here to make videos. Like that's what I'm here for. Um, and then there was like the commute. I, I hated the commute. Like, and my friend Pat, his mom made that commute. Like, Oh my God. I think he said for like 30 some fucking years or 40 years or whatever. Wow. And I was just like, dude, no, I can't do this. Um, and, and that there was a lot of me that was just like, I would tell my wife like all the time when I would come home, uh, I would just be like, I'd rather go scoop fucking ice cream at Brewster's yeah, than put myself through all this shit. Yeah. And like, yes, the pay would be wildly different, but it just like, I realized early on that I wanted to be happy and not fucking work. Yeah that's a rigid schedule. I just didn't want to do it. And, uh, I think that a lot of people while they were sent home to work from home or laid off, uh, had to keep themselves busy. So they started doing family things. They started thinking of other ways to make money. Uh, Sarah was supposed to be on this podcast and she actually threw out probably one of the best points ever. Uh, you know, and she just said that, it's not that people don't want to work. They just found a different way to survive. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. Like the, I, we could have got on here 22 minutes ago and just been like, this is what Sarah said. It makes fucking sense. Episode over. Have a good night. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and it was a hundred percent right. Like people did. I mean, think about it. You and I were joking around before the show, but I, I made a, a joke that, you know, there's, 
just like every person in, in fucking Greensburg that decided to be a baker or yeah. to make things or make crafts or, you know, open up a storefront where you could come in and buy local items and things like that. Everybody's doing it. Right. And you see this just influx of people taking a chance and starting a business because they didn't have anything else to do. So they, they did what they could to survive, to make some extra money. And that probably turned into a lot of people's full-time jobs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it just that mixed with, I just think people are living, um, willing to take that chance and willing to make a lower salary or a lower amount of income right? just to do something that either they want to do or to eliminate a lot of the things they don't want to do. Like you talked about that commute and how you oh, rather yeah. scoop ice cream. I get that. Uh, you know, if you want to go into Pittsburgh um, and have some higher end job, you know, for a great salary, I understand why you do that. But at the right. same time, if you want to go down the road here in Greensburg and grab a, a restaurant job or something, um, you're going to probably save a lot of stress and time and, and wear and tear on your vehicle and all those types of things. Yeah. So when, when we as a society make status uh, based on how much income you have or, or job or whatever. We look at all these people and say, wow, they're this top level executive. But now I hope, at least in my mind I have, but I hope a lot of other people are realizing, you know, just because you have a particular job or a particular amount of income doesn't necessarily mean you're higher than the rest of society or you're even happy. Right. You know, you might, you might actually be frustrated, but you want to keep that status that everybody thinks you have. And so you, um, you, you maintain that level of stress right. just, just for the perception of, of who you are and who you want to be viewed as. Absolutely. And like the whole thing, and it's kind of funny because like I waver back and forth on the whole like money uh, doesn't make you happy type of thing. Like money isn't happiness. And part of me is like, well, yeah, it fucking is because uh, if I have money, I can buy all the shit that I like. And that makes me pretty happy. Yeah. On the other side, you've got uh, people like the Shark Tank folks and the and the executives that you were talking about that like, you know, they don't get to see their families and stuff. What I think really happened was that people realized they could hustle really fucking really hard. Even at say, let's use sugar cookies for an example. You fucking normally you go to Walmart and you get these sugar cookies for like a couple bucks a tray. And, and that's that. Well, when this whole like support local thing came into play, uh, everybody was buying local. It was almost, you know, guilt. You felt guilty to go to Walmart and get sugar cookies when you could buy them from your neighbor who makes them. Right. Um, and there was a cost to that, to supporting local. You spent way more money. Um, you know, you get a couple dozen cookies and you're looking at like a hundred bucks and you're like, Whoa, what the fuck? I just paid a hundred bucks for cookies when I could have paid, you know, 20 bucks for the same amount at Walmart. But you go and you support the local person and you feel good about it and you know, it's helping the community out and everything like that. Um, so you do it and then that enables people to hustle. And then, you know, I'm sure that people that went uh, and did that never dreamed that they could make a living making something that sells right down the road yeah for pennies yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point but that's also tough because if you're making less money it's harder to support local 
Right, yeah. Which charges more money. It is you know, tough. You know, it's, so. it's, it's a weird thing, man. We were like all kind of like guilted into doing it. And like any little bit of extra income went to, you know, I, I mean, take the, take um, the night market, for instance. Yeah. You would never know that we were really in a pandemic and any kind of like a money shortage when you go down there. Yeah. There's people walking around down there buying all kinds of shit. Uh, myself and my wife included. Yeah, That's what we were doing. We were down there just like supporting. And that night we would go to uh, the market and we would hang out. We would buy all kinds of things from our friends. And then we would go out and then we would grab something to eat. Then we would go down to the brewery, buy some beers. I mean, that whole night we're supporting all these different local businesses and stuff. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. And that whole like ice cream thing, like that actually came from an executive. Um, I read an article one time and I forget uh, where it was published, but this lady, she was like a really high powered attorney in New York or something. And uh, she owned like half of the, uh, the law office or the practice or whatever. And, um, she just got fed up and she was like, you know what? I'm out. And that's what she did. She moved to a beach town in Florida and she got a job for somebody else scooping ice cream. So she didn't even open her own business. She didn't open her own business. She's just scooping ice cream. Yeah. Because she didn't want the whole like overhead running a business, all that shit. She just went to be an employee. Now, wow. Granted, I'm sure that she made a hefty amount of money whenever she decided to sell her half of the thing. So, I mean, it doesn't work like that for everybody, but the whole feeling of just being free, uh, I think really is what spoke to me was just like, you know, I can be happy and I will still be alive. Like just running out of money is not going to kill you. Yeah. And and, you know, I think, um, I think that's true. I'd like to speak on behalf of, um, some of the college graduates out there, because I think if you're a college graduate, you have spent a lot of time and money on that degree. Mm-hmm. Most likely it's been four years. You're probably in the hole for close to a hundred thousand dollars or something yep. like that. And so when you're here, whatever part of your life you're in, you're probably thinking if, if you're somewhat of, of a younger generation, cause we know um, the older generations probably had, a percentage of what we have to pay now for college. But, you know, you take, let's take this law degree or law um, individual for a second. She probably paid a lot of money for that law degree, went to school for a really long time. And so it's really hard. If at least it would be really hard for me, if I was a lawyer after doing law school to walk away, having spent all that time, all that money on a law degree and say, Oh, I'm just going to go scoop ice cream when I could have just foregone all that stuff and just gone straight to scooping ice cream, you know? So for me, at least there's at least that psychological thing in there. Again, this is not about status or education levels or any of that stuff. I don't care about any of that. I'm not saying one's greater than the other. I'm simply saying the investment of time and money that you've put into a particular thing. I'm sure most of us would want to see it that put to use a little bit in a positive way for our own life. So it'd be hard to just, walk away from uh, yeah. higher level opportunities, I Dude, guess. You're a hundred percent right. And you bring up a really good point and how I can localize this, I think is that you're, you're hearing from a lot of business owners that there is this labor shortage. And the reason that you're hearing from them is because say that restaurant that nobody is working at anymore, that's your fucking baby, right? That's yours. You, had to take the time off during the pandemic. And your plan is to get that back up and rolling 
whenever this is all over. So that's your baby. It's not mine. <laughs> like it's not mine. So like, if I don't feel like coming back and I found a different opportunity, a different way to live, something to make me happy. That's why I'm not coming back. Right. Like there is, you know, everybody has a choice at this point. And I've seen so many people say, you know, stop calling this a labor shortage, call it what it is. It's a fucking wage shortage. Yeah. People have said a million times that this, this whole pandemic has made them really get introspective and think about what they could do without, just like we've been talking about and what they could do, uh, to survive. So it's just like, you know, instead of working on and supporting somebody else's baby or somebody else's business, they want to do it themselves. Well, and let's think about it. So, so that's a great point. So, uh, prices right now at restaurants have skyrocketed mm -hmm. because they have to keep up with what's going on with the, with the, uh, you know, the industry is like buying meat. I'm sure of a restaurant oh, yeah. is extremely difficult right now. Right. Dude, I fucking went out for wings the other night. How wings? much? Go ahead. Tell me how much my bill was like 65 fucking dollars. Unreal right now. Isn't and it? I didn't, I didn't even have a drink. That's a thing that <laughs> when I was a kid was like 10 cents mm -hmm. to 25 cents for a wing. And now it's like $4 a wing. It's crazy yeah, it's insane. right now. Yeah. So, so my point is restaurants are paying a higher amount. They have larger amounts of overhead. Yes. Um, so we, as the consumer are paying a higher amount, but guess who isn't getting any of that money is the worker, the employee there. Cause they're right. still making that small amount of money. Exactly. They agree that, you know, waitresses are, are making $3 and 50 cents, $4 an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and is it even that much? I don't know. I, I last I, I heard it was two eighty three. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, minimum wage obviously hasn't changed in close to 20 years. Right. I always joke, um, if you go to a grocery store right now, a pack of bacon is like $8, but minimum wage is seven twenty-five. Like you can't even get a pack of bacon after an hour of work. You right. know? So, um, I completely That's agree. Exactly right. Man. Wa wages, <laughs> businesses have to eliminate other forms of overhead instead of continuously dropping their, uh, their wages or hoping that they'll get a worker that will work for them for, I don't know, $7, $8, right. $9. It, it, it's tough. I understand it's the bit, but you, you, like you said, you can't just expect a worker to come in and say, yes, I'll give you my undivided devotion here to work at whatever you pay me. Uh, because I just want to see your business work. They're never going to be like that. Cause it's not right. their baby. It's not their business. It's yours. And you have to, you have to understand that. Yeah. And I feel like they're the, like the business owners themselves. And a lot of people are doing it and kudos to them. Uh, they are, stepping up and they're paying a higher wage and stuff like that. You really are the one who needs to adapt. Like yeah. it's not the American worker. The American worker has been shit on for a long fucking time. <laughs> um, the, the point that I try and make all the time when I'm, when I'm arguing this with somebody is just that like, you know, back in the, like the leave it to beaver days. I mean, like mom stayed at home. She took care of the house. She did the cooking, the cleaning, took care of the kids, ran them around, took them to whatever kind of practices or, uh, you know, instrument lessons or anything that they had while dad worked an eight hour day yep. and dad could afford a brand new car, a nice house, white picket fence and a nice neighborhood. It was like the fucking wonder years. <laughs> and Dude, you cannot do that right now. You no. can't. I have a few friends who work and their wives stay at home. 
And a lot of that has changed. Like just because it's, it's, it's How? nearly impossible. Do they still, the wives still stay? Uh, not so much anymore. There's still a few people that I know that have their wives do stay home, but it's just like, I mean, the, the guy is, you know, bringing in a really, really good salary. Okay. And, and he really likes his job. So that's, that's like a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, it's really wild. The, I mean, like they're the whole idea of like, you know, people just leeching off the system. I don't know right now. I do not know one single person that is unemployed. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I do either. I know everybody I know has a job and now whether they left a corporate gig to form their own business or become a freelancer or took a job doing something else that makes them happy. Um, I've seen a lot of that, but nobody I know is unemployed. And that the biggest thing that I think is being talked about, like on one side of the political fence is just that everyone is, this is like lazy millennials. It's the Biden administration's fault that we're all in a job shortage. Um, everything is somebody else's fault. And the funny thing that I always think about is just like, you know, let's, let's talk about the mandatory vaccinations real quick. I'm not for it. Like I am totally against mandatory vaccination, but there are also a bunch of Republicans, obviously, that are not for mandatory vaccination. And is this you going Republican on this issue? <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? Well, my my wife's allergic to it. Yeah. So I watched her like have half of her body went fucking numb uh, after her first shot, and I was like, I don't. I want to travel with my wife. I want to do amazing things with her. I don't want to be pushing her around in a wheelchair. So just to be clear on this issue, when you say you're against manda uh, mandatory vaccines, are you talking about the U.S. population being vaccine or having to get a vaccine? Or are you talking about, uh, let's say, a certain employer requiring their employees to be vaccinated in order to continue to work there? I would say almost both. It's, it's like the the way I can dumb this down for like almost anybody to understand would be if somebody got on uh, the TV tonight and said like every American has to eat fucking two tablespoons of peanut butter tonight. Well, people can't do that. They're allergic to it. They'll fucking die. Yeah. So if, if you can't physically get the vaccination, like if there is a way that, you know, you could figure out whether you're safe or not, if you're safe, go and get it. I'm vaccinated or vaccinated. I have it, uh, at both shots. I'm, I feel good about having it. Um, there's just people that I know that they can't get it. So it's kind of like, you know, you've got the same people that are saying, fuck the vaccine are the exact same people that are saying these lazy millennials and fucking Biden are the reason that nobody's working. No, like, I mean, you know, this is the kind of thing that pisses me off. Like if you, if you want to work so bad, if you want to like prove everybody wrong and say that, you know, you're a hard fucking blue collar guy here in America then go get your fucking jab and get back to work. <laughs> well, I, so I'll tell you kind of my thoughts on this. Um, I, I don't love the idea of, of, of a vax mandate either, but 
I also recognize that if you own a company or you, mm-hmm. or you have a restaurant or whatever, I do think you have the choice to require people who work for you to be vaccinated. Yeah. You should at least have the choice. I'm not saying you should take it. I just think, you know, if, if you own, let's, if you own like a restaurant or something and you want to guarantee that you'll keep that restaurant open by mm-hmm. continue, you know, and you decide to have all your employees vaccinated and for your wife, for instance, if she comes back and says, here's a medical note, I can't get vaccinated. I'm right. sorry. Okay, great. That's fine. Um, however, then there's the other side of it, the public side of it. So Pitt university, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you saw this story this week, but, but the Pitt university just disenrolled all their students who are not vaccinated. Yeah. So the semester just started this week and they had a mandate that all the students had to have their second shot by the time that they came to school. Right. And all the students that they found did not have their second shot. They kicked them out of school essentially, which is wild to me. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, so because that that's a public university. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to, I understand why anyone would say, well, yeah, you want to have uh, an environment at Pitt where everyone's vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course I I get that. But to kick a student out of school because they don't have a vaccine, uh, no questions asked. Yeah. I have have a tough time getting there with that one. Yeah. I mean, like if I, I'll sit here and you know, I'm a walking contradiction. I'll sit here and play devil's advocate. Yeah. What about when we were going to school just to get into fucking junior high? We had to go to the doctor and get fucking vaccinated. We had to go get vaccines uh, to get into college or uh, college. Col- you still have to get uh, some- kindergarten. Yeah. What is it? All uh, kinds of shit. You have to get something to get into college. I think it's the, um, uh, what's the, the, the kissing disease. What is mono or something <laughs> like that? Isn't it I mono? Co- maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got mono in college actually. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Making out with a bunch of chicks. Huh? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Dirty dog. <laughs> that's it. Um, well, but there's also stupid stuff in college. You have to get like an eye test and yeah. go, go to the dentist. And yeah, see, it's, it's weird because like, I mean, I understand. And the reason that I feel comfortable talking about both sides of it is because I understand both sides of it. It's just like, I get that there are shitty things on both sides and I get that there are good things on both sides. Yes, getting a vaccine is probably, you know, will keep you more safe in the long run. You'll probably not be in the hospital as much as people that uh, don't have the vaccine, you know, whatever those percentages are. But at the same time, you know, say there's a freak accident and I'm sitting here saying like, hell yeah, you should be vaccinated. And then my wife goes and does it and then ends up in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. Like, fuck that shit. It's, you know, all because what, maybe we could have just been more minimal and stayed home instead of going out to the fucking bar, going out to eat and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different, you know, all kinds of different ways to, to view this whole labor shortage. And like, we've talked about most of them, childcare, uh, commuting, the vaccine. Um, here's one that might fucking piss some people off. Yeah, let's go. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one I've, I've been kind of excited to talk about. <laughs> um, how about all the visas and the immigration statuses that have been reduced yeah. Uh, in the, in the country. Um, and being from the North being, uh, you know, Northeast part of, uh, the United States, we're really not seeing 
as much. So people could be listening to this and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? This isn't what's, what's, what's going on. Think about living in Southern California or Texas or Arizona or somewhere down there uh, that we share a border. And all of these people were coming in and they were performing insanely cheap labor forever. A lot of the jobs we didn't, we didn't want us. Yeah. Us it was the jobs that we didn't want to do. Americans didn't want, we didn't want to do them. So somebody else stepped in and did them. Well, when you go and you round up people and you send them back, well, now there's fucking jobs that are empty. Right. And it wasn't just being out in fields, working in fields and, and doing shit like that. There's immigrants that work for massive companies, McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, In-N-Out Burger, whatever you want to say, like, you know, to localize things. But they worked in restaurants. They worked in uh, Walmarts, grocery stores, everything like that. So when you're sending them all home, you're eliminating, <laughs> you're eliminating the jobs. Yeah. I mean, like, that's one thing. And I know that people are, again, from like this part of the country are probably going to hear this and be like, what? Fuck you, you stupid asshole. And it's like, dude, no, you have to understand that like, you know, cause and effect. It really is a thing. Well, and a lot of this is, is ignorance and, and it's fear-based policy. So what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is, and I'm sorry to get into this, but it has to be said when COVID-19 broke out, we saw an unbelievable amount of racism towards the Asian cultures and things like that, which to me makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it was violent. It was hateful and all these types of things. Um, And if you are an individual who practiced that in any capacity, first off, shame on you. But secondly, there's zero grounds for that. Right. Yeah. Like logically, there's zero logical ground to say, oh, I'm going to treat this person a certain way because I believe the origin of a certain disease came from somewhere. It doesn't make any sense. And so when when you're blocking all these people outside of the country, it's completely fear-based thinking that, oh, you know, we have this great ivory tower here in America and Mm -hmm. and we got to keep out all the rest of the people that are trying to come in and, um, and bring something that we don't want into, into our society. So it's, it's a shame. Um, we, it's hard for me to continue to think that we're the land of opportunity when we, right. when we yeah. keep doing this, we keep, keep, uh, keeping people out. And that's been something that's been going on forever. It's always right, been yeah. this fear-based thing of we're American. If you're outside, stay outside. We don't want anything to do right. with you. Yeah. It's been that way. It, it, it's so stupid. And it's, it's goofy to watch all that shit happen in waves. Like, uh, you know, tons of racism going on, uh, during the pandemic and, coupled with the enableization of these uh, fucking scumbags to like crawl out from under their rocks uh, whenever a certain administration takes power and fuel the fucking total right to scream the N-word. Like, who the fuck are you and where have you been? Like, you just stay the fuck where you were, under your rock. And just like, I mean, people really felt like they were allowed to do and say anything once that dude took office. And then, you know, so you've got this like empowerment to be a fucking asshole. Um, 
for what, four years. And then we hit a pandemic where our own president is fucking calling it the China virus and the fucking Wuhan flu, whatever the other fucking things. And dude, like, did you see Borat? Did you see the, the, of course I saw Borat. Okay. The, the last one, the newest one. Oh yeah. Uh, man, it's such a long title. I can't remember the title, but yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. But he literally in the, for those of you who haven't seen it, he infiltrated a, like a Republican rally and, uh, there was a, he faked uh, being like a band. So yeah. he brought like this fake band, not a fake band. I mean, they actually played the music, but they, uh, they got on stage and they started playing and he disguised himself as like some fat, fat fucking spread neck. And then uh, just got up there and started like just bashing Asian culture <laughs> and like, yeah, got the crowd so fucking into it. They were just like, yeah, fuck china and fuck the wuhan flu and like all this shit and like dude it was so um, just gratifying to sit there and look at all these people that were participating in that and just realize that they were just getting it fucking handed to them like yeah yeah (laughs) it's so fucking stupid and these are the people that i'm talking about that are like well it doesn't have anything to do with the immigrants blah 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 dude come on like i lived in erie for five years in Erie County, there are tree farms pretty much everywhere. And there are, uh, there, uh, wineries and stuff all up in the Northeast. Who the fuck do you think is doing that work? I used to run into them every Friday afternoon at a little gas station called country fair. I would go in, there was a line of them out the door, cash and paychecks. They would all show up in one truck, cash their paychecks and be on their way. So it does happen up here, but it happens way more down in the South Southwest. I mean, you have to, you have to realize that, you know, that is an issue as well. It's not millennials being fucking lazy. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely not that. Um, well, and I I think just, just to tie a bow on this, if you're the type of person that's just looking for someone to blame this on my, my first, (laughs) the first step should be, Let's look inwardly and see how can I help with right. this process? Yeah. What can I do to help a little bit uh, before? So do what you can help your communities shop local. If you can do it, um, if, if you're a business owner, talk to employees, talk to individuals who are in, who are searching for a job right now and say, what, what matters to you? What are you interested in? Is it, is it your salary? Is it your flexible schedule? Whatever it is. But to continuously stand there and point fingers at millennials or individuals who uh, might have been born or grown up outside this country or whatever it might be, that's never going to solve anything. Right. It, it's not. You, you have to think, what can I do right here to support my community myself? And if everybody does a small part of that, I, I guarantee at least in our little neck of the woods, mm-hmm. our little area, it's going to get a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like. I think that we did a pretty good job of going over uh, all of the the good points of, of why and, and being like, you know, really fair about this. There's a whole nother section that I really want to jump into right now. And that is the fact that let's take like uh, Kellogg's for, in- for instance. Have you seen anything about that company? What the fuck's going on? I don't know specifics, but I know it's kind of a firestorm over there. Yeah. I read, I read a few articles on it, uh, watched a few videos and 
the the high level ideas here uh, really are just the fact that the workers are being insanely fucking like run ragged uh, to the point where it's like literally abuse. Like they are not allowed to leave their machines to go f- to the fucking bathroom. Wow. Like, dude, can you like I've never had a job in my life where I wasn't allowed to just walk over and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I would never. Now I'm 38. You would never in a million years catch me being a 50 year old man and somebody telling me that I am not allowed to go to the bathroom. (laughs) You can fuck off. Just go to the bathroom on that person. Yes. Like, I mean, you hear it time and time again, Amazon. Now, I fucking love Amazon. I just ordered a bunch of shit from Amazon yesterday. You love what Amazon does for you. I love what Amazon does for me. Yes. Uh, And that's why I say, like, I I am both sides. I am the fucking problem, and I am the guy who understands what the problem is. But it really is, like, those people have, like, there's been reports come out that say that they wear diapers at their fucking stations so they can pee. That is insane. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, see, that stuff drives me crazy because you you got you've got people who um, yeah can't go to the bathroom or are you know are are set in particular terrible work environments, mm-hmm. and then you got the head guy with nine hundred billion dollars on the on the cover of Forbes magazine. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, I that. That is unsettling yeah. to me, that huge gap It's a fucking there. sweatshop. Yeah. It really is. I mean, and you, you know, the the whole, like, Kellogg's thing, there's, there were reports of them hiring, so once the Kellogg's people went on strike and they said, screw it, we're not, uh, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to put up with this. They hired a whole different set of employees and they actually called them something else. It was a subset of employees that they called like temporary a oh, wow. something like that. So what temporary a, what those employees got were more hours and they started to receive like more in the ways of like benefits, kind of like breaks. They got a week's vacation while, you know, temporary B or whatever the fuck they were called the old employees who were out, uh, standing at the picket line. That's what they were fighting for. They wanted to just be treated like humans. Like it is a fucking mess. The one thing that I can't get down with is our businesses that will hire you to work for 38 hours a week. Yeah. So they don't have to pay you full time. Exactly. Benefits. Oh yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Like you really are, the reason this is happening. Yeah. If you're a business who takes advantage of your employees, and I'm not saying that they're anywhere here in Greensburg or here in this local area, uh, they probably are, but there's a lot of good businesses out there. And then there's people that do shit like that to really keep the American worker like under your thumb. And, well, and, and business owners are so jaded at this point because they've yeah. been screwed over so many times. So they think that every single employee, you know, I, I have to completely control the situation as a business owner and uh, I have to look out for me the whole time. Yeah. I'm hoping that this local community, if you're a business owner in this local community, treat people the right way and they're going to want to work for you. And Absolutely. Stay. Just pay them what they're due, help out in any way that you can. Don't be greedy and they're going to want to work for you. But you got these larger corporations who think, 
you know, every employee out there is a snake. So right. I have to protect my own. I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. And it's, it's very funny, man. Like a lot has changed. Like my, my, uh, outlook on a job and working is way different than my dad's. Like my dad back when I was 16 years old was like having a job is a privilege. You're fucking lucky to get a job. You're yeah. blah, blah, blah. Now, like I have not been that way my, in my entire life. Well, you're a rebellious guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told my wife hates it, but I really am uh, under the impression that what you do, the reason a company hires you specifically, like, you know, Mr. Ryan Kelly walks in and gets hired. They hired you because you have the skill set to fucking make them the money that they want. Right. You are contributing to this big machine. Okay. Uh, they didn't hire me. They hired you because you're the guy. Now, for them to turn around and say, oh, yeah, but, you know, you got to we're going to only let you work 38 hours. And so that means you don't get any medical benefits. Uh, you don't get any dentist or I, you know, anything like that. So and then vacation. Vacation is a tricky subject when you start getting into that. Yeah. You're not a 40 hour worker either. Um, it's just there's they do anything to really try and just fucking keep you down. And a lot of people are really fucking fed up with it. It's that's all there is to it. The pandemic really fucking taught people that they, they could do a, a, a real work and life balance. They really could do it. Yeah. They could find time to go to the gym. Like how many people are always like, man, I've got no fucking time to go to the gym. There's no way. Well, and, and I think that kind of came to a head because you were talking earlier. Remember you were talking about how, you know, back in whatever day there was one, maybe the one head of household yeah. or husband or, or wife or whoever, who there was one income in that family. Mm -hmm. They went out, got the income, came back. But you also have to remember during that time, there was no cell phones, no email, any of that. So when you left work, you left work. Right. Yeah. But nowadays, when you leave work, you still have that cell phone on you. Your boss can still contact Absolutely. you. Your client can still contact. You're never not working. And so I think that also became part of this in the sense that people are just saying, look, I, I need to just unplug here for a second. I right. need to be able to go to the gym. I need to be able to watch a movie and not have to constantly feel like I'm working or I'm constantly on the clock. I know for a lot of, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the worst the worst job is being a mid-level manager in the world because you don't have enough say to change anything, but right. you still have responsibility. So you're just constantly on the clock. Uh, you have to be in charge of maybe employees below you, but you have to be accountable to, to supervisors above you. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's really, really difficult. So I completely agree. I think people have found that I, I need, I need to get back to disconnecting after I'm done working. I, I, I need to have some me time, yeah. some alone time, some gym time, whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, people really are, you know, figuring it out and, you know, it's, I really rally behind the, the workers, uh, you know, the, the people that are just fed up with it. I really fucking rally behind them because it really is. Okay. But talk about how your wife, what would your wife say? My wife would be screaming at me right now. And what would she say? If, when she listens to this podcast, she's going to tell me that I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you know, that might be the case, uh, you know, coming from a certain, um, type of person, but like 
just like, I mean, we really do agree with things. Uh, well, we agree on things a lot. Uh, it's just this thing. Like when she tries to hire somebody and then somebody is like, hell yeah, I'll be there on Tuesday. Uh, we'll have our interview, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets an email from somebody that's like, okay, never mind. I'm not yeah. coming in or yeah. just doesn't show up. Yeah. Now she looks at it as she's, she's very jaded because of that. I look at it and I think a few steps further and, and she doesn't have time to think a few steps further. She needs to find somebody else. I sit and think maybe that person found another job that's paying better. Maybe that person found a different job that is closer to their house. Uh, maybe they put their app, uh, fucking resume out there for 10 different jobs and you guys were not the top one. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of that going on and there's not loyalty. I mean, you talked about your dad. No, there is no, no company loyalty. Because that older generation would get a job when they graduate high school or college or whatever, stay there for yeah. ever and then get a nice little watch on their way out towards their, in their retirement. Absolutely. Party. And that was it. And that's just not the case anymore. People Dude, are leaving after you're, two years. You're describing my grandfather's life to a T. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. He got out of school, went to the Navy, served, came back, got a job at Vulcan Mold in, in Latrobe. Uh, he was a drafter and he worked there for the rest of his life. Yeah. It, I, probably, probably <laughs> didn't even, never even, you know, looked outside of that job. Never right, yeah, checked probably classifieds, not. Nothing because it, you, it was a privilege to have a job. You stayed there. You were mm -hmm. supposed to be loyal to the company. And now that mind shift, that mindset has shifted in that now we're asking companies to be loyal to us for the amount of time and, and, uh, attitude right. and energy that we put in that we put into it. And I mean, like as a business owner, you have to think like, I mean, I've, I've sat and I've thought like, man, should I hire someone to help me? Because like there's times where I, I drop behind on projects and stuff. And what I keep coming up with is I can't pay anybody at this point in time, what I believe they're worth. Interesting. I like, I know how much money I would want to make. And right now I don't have the money to pay that person that amount yeah. of money. So I'm not going to ask them to do that shit. So what in turn, what I'm going to do is just hire them maybe as a, uh, you know, a contractor or a freelance basis and just say like, Hey man, I need this project done. Let's discuss your, your day rate. What is it that you want to make per day? And, you know, what do you make a half a day? And if I have a project for you that you can bang out in four hours, sweet. I'll give you your a half a day rate. If it takes three days, we'll give you fucking your day rate times three. Um, that I think is probably one of the best ways to go about it. But like as a business owner, you really need to, th to think like if you're buying a brick and mortar sh uh, shop, you know how much inflation there has been since, you know, the fucking eighties to now, uh, you know, that, you know, those numbers, you know, that your employees have been making seven seventy five for 20 fucking years, 80 years or, or 40 years. I mean, um, and you've seen all of that inflation happen over that time. You've seen, uh, you know, the average cost of like renting an apartment, go from, you know, a couple hundred bucks to like fucking 12, 13, yeah. $1,400 yeah. in like a place like Greensburg. 
Yeah. Like, you, dude, you're insane. You, that's insane. Like, my first apartment in Greensburg was humongous. It was amazing. It was a humongous apartment. Uh, two bedrooms, two baths, uh, nice big kitchen. The living room was unbelievably huge. It was just an amazing place. And I paid $500 for that place a month. Wow. And I made a deal with the landlord that if I cut the grass, he would knock $50 off a month. Yeah, so nice. during the you know, spring and summer months, I only paid four fifty for rent. Wow. Like that's insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got these kids and stuff. I'm always like on Reddit, like reading all kinds of different stories and stuff like that. And like in the, in a finance subreddit or something like that, you have people in there saying like, you know, I don't know what to do. Is it more beneficial to pay the higher rent to stay in the city so my commute isn't long or should I move out of the city, pay less rent? You know, what, what's the thing? So like, dude, you go through all these responses and there's people like, okay, now you're talking about increasing your gas spending and then you'll go down a few comments and then you, you find the real genius in there that says not only gas, but fucking maintenance now, right now you're paying, you know, where you could probably walk to work and you only used your car on weekends or you could ride uh, the bus or jump on a train or something like that to get to work. Now you're driving your car every single day. We're talking about like tire wear, just mechanical wear, brakes, discs, everything. You're now like, so it's really hard for people to sit there and try and think like, man, what do I want to do? Like rent, the inflation is really fucking things up for a lot of people. And employers are not keeping up with the wages. And it all goes back to, you know, people say to me all the time, well, if we're paying new workers $15 an hour, now we have to go through the whole company and bump everybody else up. Well, yeah. that's fucking part of it. Do that. <laughs> like do that right now. I mean, you have to understand that if you are running a business, you're liable for those things. Right. Am I, I mean, am I right? And you need to take responsibility for the situation that you're in, it, whether it's your fault or not, you have yeah. to take responsibility. That's what happens when you buy a business, when you sign up for a business, you're the sole person who's going to find a solution to that problem and mm -hmm. to continuously point fingers and say, um, you know, I can't hire is, is a huge problem. I, another thing, you know, I found that it's been really successful is some companies um, are offering money that will go straight to rent payments for employees because companies can write that stuff off. Oh yeah. And, and uh, that's just a little perk that helps employ. So like if you want to live in the city or you ha you know, you have this outrageous rent payment, yeah. companies can actually offer that perk. No shit. It, to be able to write that off. So I've never heard of that. Yeah. So that's it, amazing. Yeah. It's um, I, I actually don't know what that's like here within, you know, Westmoreland County, but right, yeah. um, I, I'd have to look into the laws of that. But I know that's that's an option. So to get more, what I'm trying to say is get more creative in the ways that you can yeah. support your employees. If you can't offer maybe a higher wage, um, what can you do so that right. that person can you know live a somewhat better life or or uh, cut down some of the expenses that they have? Right. Yeah. And I mean the thing, and I don't want like anyone locally here to sit here and think that we're all like bashing the shit out of you. It's not. We're not talking so much about local places. It's the, the place where I do the research and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm Googling things and reading things and it's companies that are based around America. And the things that I'm talking about mainly are like corporate companies where we're sitting here talking about like people wearing diapers at their stations while they're, 
their fearless leader is worth $900 billion. Yes. Um, Things like that. I understand the struggles of a local restaurant and things like that. So that's what Ryan's talking about. You know, get creative and support your employees in a way that, you know, you can afford to do. Um, I think, uh, yeah. I think think Greensburg's done a great job. I think so, too. um, Specifically business owners in Greensburg. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because that's we're not we're not talking about these local uh, business owners. Yeah. I mean, this is a national problem, not a Westmoreland County problem. Yes. Um, But what's really nice, especially if you live here in Greensburg, like you and I do. Yeah. There are opportunities um, here. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are hiring here. If you if you're listening to this, um, you know, continue to post jobs out there because people continuously are going to be looking for jobs. I saw uh, Major Stokes posted one today. He said he uh, bought uh, Jim Bosco is offering 15 to $20 an hour uh, yeah. part time. I saw that. Check that out. Uh, continue to do that because um, there's going to be people that are continue to look for jobs around here. Um, and and if you're on the other side, the employee side, support local support yeah. Greensburg business owners because uh, we want them to stick around. We want to continue to have businesses move here into Greensburg. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, from the, from the, the business owner perspective, it's just like, you know, how I did my own thing was just like, I worked hard. I worked really hard. Like I would be at the corporate job for hours and hours and then add a two hour commute onto that and the one in the front and the back. And then I'd come home, eat dinner and work on side shit until like two or three in the morning to get up at seven to go do that again. Um, So from a business owner's point of view, uh, yeah, when this all started, I was like, why are people being fucking lazy? This is, this is really weird. Like get back to work, like, you know, go do, you have to work hard to get to where you want to be. Um, but it's really see like kind of what's going on and stuff and really like understand just through minimal research, you really can go on there and just listen to people's problems they really are working their balls off and can't afford to even make rent. Like you, what the fuck are you working for at that point? (laughs) If you can't afford to make your rent, then what the fuck are you doing? You know, a struggling single mother should not have to have two jobs in order to just fucking keep a roof over her head. Right. It's ridiculous. And it costs more for a business to continuously advertise and hire. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's more beneficial to do what you can to keep the employees that you have Mm -hmm. than it is to continuously have a revolving door and have to pay more money to advertise, to train a new employee, to have them stick around for a little bit and then they leave. And then all of a sudden, you know, your other employees who are there have to pick up the slack. Right. So it's so much more beneficial to support the employees that Mm -hmm. you have right now in whatever capacity. If you have somebody specific like a single mom and you know you can help them in some capacity, man, do that thing. Do that thing. Yeah. Real quick, let me talk about uh, this. uh, It was a like a network, or um, I'm sorry, not networking. It was a um, uh, what the hell do you call it? It, the it's like a building where people come and work all together. I'm like losing my train of thought. I worked in one forever. Oh, uh, uh, co-working space. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We work. Do you know that one? We work. We, uh, no, that's a, I'm just bringing that up because that was like a huge, uh, fake, 
like the guy, you got to check out the documentary. Yeah. We oh, were, there's a documentary about it. Yeah. There's a guy. That means good things happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all worked out in the end. Uh, yeah. The guy like was just big fraud guy yeah. who, oh. yeah, check that out. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, co-working space that I used to work at in, in Lancaster. They, uh, it was called the candy factory. Very awesome. And the building was an actual old fucking candy factory. Uh, they made like root beer barrels. So like if you went upstairs, like into the upper floors of the building, uh, there was like root beer, like still like syrup dripping down the wall. Like you could, it was just in the building. Um, it was an amazing place. And the, the first floor was all completely revented, uh, renovated and set up for a co-working space. It was really awesome. And the, the girl who kind of started the whole thing, her name's Ann Kirby. She actually grew up in Greensburg and moved to Lancaster. Now, when I got out there, I realized that she was from here and you know, that kind of got us close and stuff. And we were talking and shit, everything that she does literally is for the benefit of her employees and, and not employees, but her clients, the people who rent space from her co-working space just recently, maybe like a year ago, she started, uh, they opened an, another in a new building. Uh, they renovated the building, went up a couple floors, uh, did all kinds of different things. And she realized that people weren't coming in as much uh, at one point because childcare. So what did she do? She opened a fucking babysitting place in the co-working that's spot. Awesome. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's awesome. creative. That's the type yeah. of shit that people could do like for real. I mean, like you put an addition on your building or a cordon off a space in your building. Uh, doesn't have to be big. Throw some toys in there, throw some video games in there, hire somebody to come in here and just like keep an eye on the kids, yeah. hang out. Parents can bring their kids to work, drop them off, go get their shit done, come back, get their kid and go. And then they don't have to worry about fucking the cost of childcare. Yeah. Like we know how much that shit costs. It's insane. More than rent sometimes. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Like when my wife told me how much daycare was, I, I didn't believe her. Yeah. I literally was like, you're a fucking liar. And I called around to make sure that she just wasn't getting like the, the fucking Ferrari of childcare. Right. And dude, we were not right. Like it was insane. It was literally $400 a week. For each kid. For each kid. $800 a week. You don't even get like a cool bundle deal or anything. Right? But no bundle deal. <laughs> for a kid. So, I mean, like, you know, those are types of things that businesses, I think, can step up and do certain things. You know, businesses are always collaborating. You know, you don't even have to build a place in your place. Maybe as a corporate entity, you strike a deal with a local childcare service and just say, Hey, we want to get discounts for our employees. We'll pay you X amount of money a month and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's dude, literally enough to hook somebody and get them thinking partnership. Uh, uh, Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Something that easy. I agree with that. Creative ways you can get creative ways you can think of to get employees to apply or to stay is is absolutely key. Um, So so we've, uh, we've tackled that. People. Pretty much done it. I think we did. I think we did this some justice. Uh, at the beginning of this, I think I was like, "We're gonna really, really piss people off," but I don't think we did. Well, y- you know, I think you and I share the fact that there's not a right answer on right, yeah. either side, and right. there's wiggle room on both sides. 
Now, it, would it be more fun if someone came in here and just stuck to one side? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. It would. Definitely. We should keep that open in case we find somebody right. like that. <laughs> Sarah was supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't think that she actually even was that was that role because you know she's very level-headed and also shares like the whole idea of like she can see other sides and it's really important uh, especially in in today's world that you are able to uh, you know have your opinion but respect the opinion of others because if you don't do that then you know we're never gonna get anywhere we're never gonna get anywhere it's a tough thing because we live in a democracy so mm -hmm. you so by that it means you have to vote and when you vote you should vote for you you know right. what you want but at the same time you have to have that understanding that what i want is not always going to be best for every single person right. so to take the stance of I, everything i say is always right it that's not correct right it's it's not it's not going to work for everybody so yeah i don't know i think uh i think this one was fun do you have fun young ryan absolutely yeah uh, well, I'll tell you what, next, next guest we have, I'm just going to be like, so all the workers are lazy. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Spice it up a little. Spice it up. Throw some, uh, throw some drama yeah. their way. <laughs> yeah. I mean like this, this definitely was one of those episodes that I thought there was going to be a little bit more drama, but I mean, I think we tackled it very fairly. Um, and you know, going out to like Gino's, Gianelli's in the Latrobe and stuff. I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is what the answers that you wanted to hear. I worked at Gino's. That was my first job. Really? Gino's and Latrobe. Do they have the best pizza? Best fucking pizza in the world. You wouldn't even believe it. I hear that all the time and I've just, I don't, I don't Dude, think I've had it. You have to like, why is it the best? Explain that. Well, it's the sauce. <laughs> I'll tell it? you. Okay. So the crust is actual, like it's a bready doughy pizza crust. It's so just delightful. <laughs> The sauce itself is sweet. It's got like a really, it's got, it's got like some sweet characteristics to it. While I worked there, I knew not the recipe, but I watched them make the sauce a million times and I know that they do put some sugar in there. So it is yeah. a, it's a sweeter sauce. The way they cook it, it's on a conveyor belt. Now, I don't know if every Gino's restaurant has the conveyor belt style, but you drop it on one side and it travels, you know, I think probably 12 or 13, 14 feet in seven minutes from the one side to the other. You get a done pie at the end. Right. It's amazing. The cheese is like, got that like little bit of like burnt. Okay. It, not like burnt, but like crispy cheese a little bit on top. It's just the best pizza ever. I've been ordering it a few times a week uh, for like my whole life. And you can sell by my, Wonderful figure. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my favorite pizza is Little E's. Have you ever had Little E's? I have had Little E's. Yeah, it's a good pizza. It is good pizza. I don't get it all the time uh, because it's higher quality, which is mm -hmm. little, means it's a little pricier. But whenever I'm trying to splurge, I, we go to Little yeah. E's. It is very good. It's fantastic. Yeah. Gino's isn't cheap. Oh, it's really? Oh, it's definitely not cheap. Oh, okay. And it's Gianelli's is what I should be saying. Uh, it's really not... Uh, it's not the cheapest place in the world. And, uh, you know, you'll order a 16 cut pizza with two toppings or something, and it'll probably be around 30, 30 bucks, something oh, like God. that. Um, but it is just so goddamn good. I can't, I can't even handle it. The best part of work in there was literally like I washed dishes there. So at the end of the night, we would always have like, you know, at least one person 
call in, order a pizza, and then never come and pick it up. So they would always put it on top of the conveyor belt, like the pizza thing, right in between like the ceiling and the uh, the oven. So it would stay really fucking warm wow. all day. And then at the end of the night, they would crack open the pizza and be like, who wants it? And I'd be like, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care what was on it, man. That's you, awesome. Seriously, it could have been loaded with the pepperoncinis, onions, doesn't matter, man. I was like, I want it. I'll take it. It's the best. Here's one more thing I want to see in Greensburg. What's that? Just to... Re- I really want a ramen place to come in Fuck here. Fuck yeah, Have you dude. ever had ramen? Yes. Can someone can someone please open a ramen place? Because right. it's not a lot of overhead to make ramen, um, yeah. but people will pay unreal amounts of money for a good bowl of ramen. I would Fuck love yeah. that. Dude, it's one of the greatest things. When we went to New York, we went down into uh, like Chinatown. Yes. And now you're thinking New York, it's going to be expensive. We went in there and we got ramen bowls for like $3 yes. and then uh, spent... The majority of our money on like dumplings yeah. or something like that. Dude, we got out of there for like twelve fifty, and we were stuffed. It was amazing. I would love to have one of those places here or a Vietnamese place. Yeah. yeah. Big old bowl of pho. Delicious. I, I like that. to say pho because I feel weird saying pho. I, I feel weird saying pho and I feel weird saying um, heroes for yeah. Mediterranean food. I, have to, I, I don't want to say gyro, but... I do. You I say gyro. I'm just the wrong. Like I can't do it. One thing that really pisses me out, and we're getting way off topic here, but this is just <laughs> fucking fun. Uh, have you ever watched like that Giada De Laurentiis lady? Yes. Okay. She talks in a perfectly normal American accent until she has to pronounce an ingredient, and she'll be like, "Okay, guys, get out your pots and pans." First, we wanted to do is drain the mozzarella. <laughs> like she totally fucking hijacks one fucking word yeah. and like throws this insanely Italian like spin on it. And that's what I feel like I'm doing when I say these other words. Like I would rather be wrong and just like pronounce it the way that I do. Um, I do so I don't port, feel like a fucking idiot. Puerto Rico. Like yeah. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah, no. Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just, all right, guys. We have traveled beyond. <laughs> beyond the limits of the show so um next time we'll see you ryan thanks again man thank you see you